Hey guys, I'm so excited to be connecting with you today. It's Catherine Rayberg. How are you doing, Tony? I'm good. It's Tony Peebles, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, this is, I think, our third installment of our uh, macro diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation. So I'm looking forward to what we have in store for today. I am too, and I'm so excited. One of my colleagues uh, is joining us today, Rashmi Tanetti. And Rashmi, you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Rashmi. I work as the Assistant Director for Marketing and Communications at the Office of Corporate Relations um, at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. I work with Catherine very closely, and I'm very excited to be here today. And you are a busy NACRO member, too. Maybe chat a little bit real quick about what you're doing with NACRO right now. Sure. I have been a part of NACRO for about three years now. I really, really enjoy going to the conferences and being a part of Midwinter and boot camp. And so I would say I'm pretty involved in NACRO. Um, I've been serving on the marketing and communications committee for a few years, um, headed the social media subcommittee last year. So um, I will say that if you are thinking about getting more involved with NACRO, definitely go ahead and do it. It's a great way to learn about corporate relations, but also make some great friends on the way. Wonderful. Well, thank you for all that you do for NACRO. And today specifically, we're bringing you in because you really spearheaded a really interesting project on our campus. Um, Tony and I have been talking about the really the, the wave of um, energy, excitement, and dedication that we're seeing the corporate space focus on when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we really wanted to take um, an opportunity to build on that momentum at Illinois and present our very large and diverse um, student body and, and programs on campus to a, a broader audience. So um, we, Tony and I were talking about it and we thought this would be a really great best practice to share with NACRO members and NACRO colleagues as something you might want to try to tackle or Kind of give you some ideas on ways to present diversity, equity, and inclusion to your corporate partners. Tony, any more thoughts around that before we jump in? No, let's just jump in. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, Rashmi, if you want to kind of talk about this new, new, new piece that we put together in a flipping book format and the methodology you use, that would be wonderful. Sure. So I think a few months ago, we had a couple of discussions with people talking about how all the experiences that we would usually have corporate representatives on campus for were now all going online and we needed ways to engage them virtually with the same topics that we did with campus tours, meeting students and faculty and all these things. So, so we came up with an idea to capture all our information about diversity, equity, and inclusion in an online interactive format so that if you do know about Illinois, you can pick up this document and gain something from it. And if you don't know anything about Illinois, you can still pick up this document and gain something from it. That was the idea. So translating all the programmatic student and data information about diversity at an institution like Illinois, which is massive, happening on campus um, from the university's perspective, student side of things, data, um, opportunities for companies to engage with us. There is a, a massive amount of content to present on this topic, but we wanted to be um, we wanted to move quick and address it in a timely but impactful manner. So we really, I think Catherine and I worked so hard on this, maybe for a month or two nonstop. 
and the end result, it really makes me proud. And I'm extremely happy that we made the effort to do this. And we have this beautiful finished product that we can showcase to industry on behalf of Illinois. So and we're, looking, we're looking at it on our screen. We know we're in the podcast world, so no visual cues, but we'll be sure and link this example here. Um, it ended up being 128 pages. <laughs> but I think I think what was so impressive, Rashmi, is the way you really kind of thought through the methodology on how to present so much information and kind of slice it in a way that was easy to digest. Yes, Catherine. I think that was one of the most important things when I was collecting information. I really tried to think of the process of putting this together and divided it into three stages. My first stage was collecting all the information. It came from directors and other people in my own office at the Office of Corporate Relations. It came from members at the unit level. So, you know, different colleges, research institutes, they all came together to share what they were doing about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but also looking at um, websites and any other materials that I had from around campus, trying to bring it all together. And then I think the biggest challenge is how to organize this data. You have so much, you have charts, you have programmatic things, you have quotes and student experiences. And, you know, I went, I tried to kind of slice and dice the data a couple of different ways, but in the end, what made most sense to me is trying to think of it from the company perspective and try to understand, you know, if I was a company representative and someone gave me this book, what would be the easiest way for me to find the information I'm looking for? So I decided to go in with a more thematic um, grouping of information. So suppose I'm a company and I want to increase gender diversity, all of that information should be in one place. Or if I wanted to think about neurodiversity, all of that information should be in one place. So in the end, instead of grouping it by college or um, other different campus divisions that make sense to me as a campus person, I really tried to attack it from um, the outsider perspective and try to present the information in a cohesive way for somebody who's looking at it for the first time or thinking about individual needs in a company. Uh, Rashmi, talk about how you define those categories. I think it would be instructive to all of our NACRO partners to can think, think about the depth and breadth of uh, affinity groups are categories within diversity, everything from veterans to first generation college students to, of course, the racial diversity that obviously we think about often. Um, Absolutely. How did you define that as a university? And then how did you break that information out? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the easiest starting point is to, for me, was to think about what diversity points do I often talk about with companies. As the marketing person in a central corporate relations office, most of the outgoing materials to companies pass through my desk and I get a chance to see what most companies are talking about. So um, every year we prepare annual stewardship reports. It gives me an opportunity to learn about the company's priorities that year. And in 2020, most of the companies in their annual reports and their CSR things were talking about how much they're investing in diversity, equity, and inclusion issues and areas. And that's where I got my first understanding of what are they looking for. And of course, as you mentioned, a lot of companies are seeking racial and ethnic diversity or gender diversity. So that was an e easy um, 
like starting point. But then once I started collecting that information from my own discovery of what is happening at Illinois, I realized that we do a lot more. We work with our hiring um, unit, um, sorry, I guess career relations and um, unit on campus is called Hire Illini. And they started talking about a lot of things that they focus on, things like um, students from low-income families, first-generation college goers, things that, you know, once you start looking at the data, it does really make sense that these people, these different groups or the students in these groups, they need to be represented in documents like this. Now, uh, did you find in your conversations with companies that uh, they welcomed uh, some of these different categories, such as veterans or obviously LGBTQ, it's an important part of our community, students with disabilities. I mean, I think mm -hmm. oftentimes that's something we, in the employment space, I think many companies are, obviously there's some compliance reasons why they want to do that, but they want to do the right thing and talent comes in a lot of different ways. So um, talk a little bit about how you were able to glean that type of information from companies Again, when we think of diversity, we're trying to encourage our NACRO members to have a wide and inclusive, if you will, definition of diversity for their respective campus. Right. There have been companies on campus that are extremely, um, extremely focused on certain diversity areas. For example, a lot of manufacturing companies or a lot of companies in the defense um, industry, they are highly focused on hiring veterans or companies that come from Silicon Valley or like a lot of companies on Catherine's portfolio, for example, Microsoft, they're heavily focused on neurodiversity. These are talking points that I've been prepping for a few years now without realizing that they're all becoming very concrete um, paths to hiring, concrete, things that the companies are looking for. And this year with all the things that have been happening, it became really clear that all of these different sections deserve and need this representation and documents like this and need to be showcased in a cohesive manner that kind of helps you understand the depth and breadth of diverse students and their needs. It was also really interesting um, to get feedback on outcomes. So first destination, starting salary outcomes, and the data really helped us to further understand where there might be gaps, potential gaps, and where industry really could make an impact. So this data actually helped us kind of create a new program focused on, it's called Focus, but really focused on um, Sorry. creating opportunities, community, and unwavering support for first generation and historically underrepresented students. So. It's amazing. I would recommend to all of our um, NACRO colleagues to take some time to dig into the student data at your universities. Every university is so unique in geography, in top programs, in location and proximity and to their corporate um, partnerships. But every university definitely, when you start digging into the data, would have a diversity story to tell. So I would encourage you to really um, get the key stakeholders as Rashmi had mentioned, around the table or virtually on a Teams channel, but really start to kind of pull together all the data points, all the programs, and start to craft that story. Um, we just felt it was so important um, to, to show and highlight every aspect that we could think of across the campus with 50,000 plus students. There's a lot of diversity in our student body and um, get the word out knowing that there's just so much momentum and so much action from the leadership of our corporate partners right now to make it easier to, to engage with these programs. 
Catherine and Rashmi, talk a little bit about how you maybe have um, cross-referenced or benchmarked your campus data with your maybe your Chamber of Commerce in Urbana-Champaign or some of the, the, the public uh, initiatives that are going on around talent pipeline. I know in Cleveland, Ohio, where Case Western Reserve is, is at, we have uh, ongoing conversations with several uh, entities within Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, um, uh, the county, as well as um, our Chamber of Commerce, which we call the Greater Cleveland Partnership. They are also doing demographic studies and about talent, about the talent uh, and the gaps in the talent workforce, uh, in the talent uh, in terms of technology, in terms of different skill sets. And they've also done some study around the diversity and, and getting city of Cleveland residents in the job market. Have you guys been able to take your data and then benchmark it against what your civic and political leaders are doing around attracting companies and attracting and retaining jobs in the areas that you serve? There is a committee focused on economic development, and so they were asking these exact same kinds of questions. I wasn't engaged in the day-to-day the -day details of it, but I do know there is a nice sharing mechanism between the community and the campus, very focused on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, a new program was created at our research park called Reboot that was specifically focused on outreach in the community to help those that might have lost a job or need assistance with upskilling, bringing them in into a program to get them in a um, kind of a, it was a, a pre-coding academy type setting, really focused on the tech skills. So great question, Tony and Rashmi, feel free. You've been more in, engaged on the economic development community to talk about that line we draw between campus and our community. Absolutely. I think Catherine mentioned a great, a few great points, but another couple of things I wanted to mention was, Tony, in terms of benchmarking against um, peer institutions or local communities, the National Center for Education Statistics does publish robust studies about how institutions are doing and student diversity data and things like that. So we were able to really understand our um, our impact in those areas by looking at a lot of data published by them. Mm -hmm. um, in and around the flipbook, we've mentioned a few times how we stand and how we rank amongst peer institutions in terms of diversity of students, gender diversity, um, students from low-income families and things like that. Our Illinois admissions office and um, career center do a great job in highlighting our efficacy with student retention, um, the amount of students who come to uni the University of Illinois on different scholarships, different programs the university has for first-generation college-goers, students from low-income families. So data did become a very important part of telling the story because it helped us understand, one, the impact of these programs on these students, but also recognize who are the student groups that need help the most. You know, that's a valuable conversation. And I think also as much as you're benchmarking against other higher ed institutions, um, your economic development outreach is probably very critical because many of the companies in each of our metropolitan areas where our, where our universities are located, uh, they're focusing on job retention, job attraction, attracting uh, uh, work, uh, the right kind of talent to the workforce to maintain the thriving economy in the area that you serve. And, and so I think having this data at your fingertips, which you guys have put together, is a great tool that any university should have 
uh, we are involved with a program called Jobs Ohio and some other programs in the state of Ohio and in Northeast Ohio around uh, the talent pipeline. We're also participating in a tech talent pipeline in Northeast Ohio. And we are at the front end of what you guys have already done, which is gathering that data so that we can present Case Western Reserve University as part of the solution for those companies that are looking to attract and retain this talent and remain viable. Because oftentimes a company makes a decision about where they're gonna invest assets and plant property equipment and location based on what does that workforce look like in that particular part of the country and should they remain a viable uh, location for that company to do business. So um, we're always in the diversity inclusion space trying to make it relevant to the business decisions that our companies make. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a profit and loss decision as well. So we wanna make diversity inclusion a very much a business decision as well as it is a, is a uh, ethical and moral high standard for our society. Really good point, Tony. Thank you for the insightful questions. That's wonderful. Um, to get the word out about how we kind of shared this, we included this flipping book in our final mailing of 2020. It was an external mailing we do quarterly. So we, we kind of made that whole mailing a diversity, equity, inclusion focused mailing. Um, and it came pretty late into the year. So now that I'm having conversations with companies in January, I'm trying to do my best to highlight that this um, book was in the mailing if they didn't see it or to re, you know, just reconfirm, hey, make sure you check this new flipping book out. I did, I will put it like in a Zoom chat as we have virtual conversations and kind of flip through it with the companies and talk through it. And then we've also put it on our website just to make it easy to find also if you happen to be looking at the website for additional resources. So just some additional kind of final thoughts on the way we distributed all the work that got put into this and got it out to our external partners. Yeah, I think we pursued a very nice multi-channel strategy with social media, email newsletters, one-on-one -on -one conversations, websites, really trying to get the word out about um, this resource existing not only to our corporate partners, but also internally on campus. So many campus units find great value in sharing something like this with people they work in either in academia or in the industry just to showcase the amount of things they're doing. Well, thank you so much for all of your work on this, Rashmi. It's a really exciting tool, and I hope today was helpful for those that are considering ways to market and share their, their diversity, equity, inclusion story at their universities um, with their partners. And Tony, thank you for your very insightful questions and insights on what you're doing in Ohio. Well, this is exciting work that you guys are doing, and I'm, I'm actually going to share your document with some of our leadership on campus at Case Western Reserve University here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, because we're facing the same challenge. How do we get in front of our corporate partners, uh, align what we're doing with their quest for a more diverse and a more talented and well-trained workforce? And so the talent component of what we do as universities is so critical to our industry partners that this kind of data allows them to make informed business decisions and also do the right thing at the same time. So I'm really excited about the work that you guys are doing. Thank you, Tony. I'm really happy to answer any questions you or any of our natural colleagues might have about planning this document, designing it, publishing it, different formats available to share something like this. Um, this has really become a passion project that's so close to my heart and I've spent so much time on it that I'm happy to help anybody else get on the same bandwagon and make something similar for their um, institutions. 
what I might suggest is that since you're on the marketing committee and, and Catherine and I are on the membership committee that we talk about maybe having you guys do a brief presentation at our next midwinter meeting and maybe this becomes an agenda item or a best practice at our summer uh, summit of, for NACRO uh, because every university probably should be thinking about the nexus between workforce and diversity and and having the data to back it up, mm -hmm. which is, I think, what's so helpful. So let's maybe explore that together and see what our NACRO leadership thinks about it. But I really appreciate you guys' time today. This is great. That sounds Thank great. You Thanks so much. so much. Go NACRO. We'll, we'll talk to you all yeah, soon. Absolutely. absolutely.